Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we are serving up Mando flame broiled steaks. These are prison steaks, so you know they're they're fresh and tender. Um, they might be a little tough, but they're red hot. Our chefs tonight include the ever nitpicking Nick <laughs> and special guest, the artist of Owen and Brew's logo. Never been on the show before, but a part of the integral network. Jacob Parr, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I don't like that intro. <laughs> you See, I liked mine a lot better than Nick's, uh, I gotta say. You should ever nitpicky Nick's. So I'm just going, like, well, fine, I'll nitpick your intro. <laughs> Fair enough. My name is Matt. As always, I am I am the, the uh, as I mentioned before we started, I always think of myself as the Aunt Peru to Nick's Uncle Owen. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> So today we're talking about the Mandalorian, of course. So it's still still covering that that old chestnut, Chapter Six, uh, the the prisoner. So if you if you haven't seen this episode yet, you might as well skip because we're just going to get into spoilers. So, um, Jacob, uh, since since you were you're new to the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, give us before we before we dive in, just real quick, give us your take on Star Wars in general. Like maybe like what what is your favorite of the saga? You know, what, what, what brings you to Star Wars? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm, I am a, a little bit younger. Um, I am uh, I'm 29 and I kind of came into, you know, Star Wars fandom in the 90s because I had access to the uh, original trilogy on VHS, mm-hmm. uh, wore them out, broke them. Uh, that was just like, we didn't have cable. So it was, it was VHS or nothing for us. Uh, and I... I don't know what it was that necessarily hooked me. I'm sure it's the same thing that got everybody else. It was, you know, fantastic. It really activated the your inspiration. It got you thinking and, uh, you know, escaping into this fantastical world. Um, but at the same time, for me, all three were available to me at, at all times. So I never knew a world that didn't have, uh, you know, all three up to Return of the Jedi. So for me growing up, actually, Return of the Jedi was always my favorite. Uh, which I think, you know, more as, as, you know, as I've gotten older, I, you know, like a lot of people really appreciate Empire Strikes Back, uh, far more, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and I couldn't really get enough of it as a kid. I was also <laughs> the, the, the prime age when they, when they did the re-release, the special editions, uh, they had come mm-hmm. out to theaters right about the time that, that I was like starting to go see movies pretty frequently and, there was also the perfect time for the re-release of a lot of the toys, all the original molds that they were oh, yeah. you know, reusing for, uh, for the toys in the nineties. And my uncle got me like one of the, uh, the ATATs and I had, uh, you know, the millennium Falcon. I got all, basically all the nineties ships. I got them nice. and also wore them out too, because it was, <laughs> they just got, they saw way too much action. Uh, but yeah, so I've I can't remember a time in my life that I've not been a Star Wars fan, and the fact that we have a live action Star Wars series now uh, is just completely unbelievable to me. It's it's like my dream come true. So I'm really happy to be here talking about it. Yeah, that's that's spot on, and uh, I'm I'm right there with you in in the aspect of like having a live TV show, and and uh, we can. We can kick kick it around the block here a couple times, um, but 
I'm I'm still always just like, but we have live Star Wars. Like this is this is what I've waited for. You know, so yeah. so you know, uh, it's 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 an exciting time, definitely. Um, and to know that there's more coming too. Uh, mm-hmm. I know. Nick and I have we've we've uh, drooled over the idea and the prospect of a Kenobi TV TV show, and uh, I yeah. six I, part I, six part series, and and hopefully it stays pretty tight, you know, within mm-hmm. that six part series, you know, um, so you know contained, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So just a really long movie at that point, mm-hmm. but like in digestible chunks, bring it on all day. Well, that's what I mean. I, I've only read one article, so I can't take it to the bank. But that's what they say is that you know because of Solo, because originally it was supposed to be just a movie, and mm-hmm. but they did have enough material to where they're like we could do this. And so after Solo kind of got some negative pushback, they're like, well, let's just put it on Disney Plus and make it a six part, and perfectly fine with me. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think it's interesting though, like what you were talking about, how like you got into Star Wars because uh, Matt's just a couple years older than me. But you know, um, but, fine, you know make me the old guy here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, like I, uh, I had the original on VHS as well, but this is the '80s, you know, and I grew up watching them. And then you know, I forget early '90s. I, I'm sure I watched them from time to time, but uh, but yeah, when the when the special editions came out in '97, I was 16. And it was the perfect mm-hmm. time to where it's like, oh, I, I know the original trilogy, but now there's extra stuff. How cool, you know? And right. yeah, I'm right there in high school, watch all three. And then, you know, just two years later, episode one comes out. And then, you know, throughout college, you know, the prequels come out. And then, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a gap there. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and when the, when the prequel trilogy came out in the episode one came out when I was nine years old. So I feel like I was pretty much a prime target audience for oh, that of course. Yeah. movie uh and i i loved it i remember really really loving it and being very excited for none other than jar jar binks <laughs> like in ahead of it like the trailers but even still as a nine-year-old i i know that it felt just different enough to feel awkward because i had already fallen in love with the original trilogy so even at, mm-hmm. at like nine and ten i was just like this is Something's not quite right, but I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. I thought pod racing was rad, yeah. and I had the N64 game. It was great. Oh, yeah. But uh, oh, changed everything for me. But it, it, like I slowly came to consciousness as then episode two came out, and I'm like 12, and I'm like, oh, no, no, this isn't, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I'm still a defender of episode one. Um, I know you, mm-hmm. you've heard me that. I'm glad that more people are coming around to defending episode one. I mean, episode two is slowly like becoming now like the one where like, I don't really like episode two, but uh, yeah. yeah, the, I was not a fan of Jar Jar either, but I enjoyed the rest of it. The only part to me that felt kind of awkward was the very end um, uh, attack uh, by a little baby, you know, a little young Anakin onto the, uh, yeah. the separate ship. Cause oh, it, felt, yeah. it felt kind of forced and awkward and just the, like, okay, you have two other pilots with you that no one cares about and knows, you know, and then you hear him just going, now this is pod racing. It just kind of fits a little, <laughs> a little, a little cheesy. Yeah. But, uh, but I still enjoy episode one. Okay. Yeah, if, if for, for for as much criticism as, as you've laid on, on Ray for where did her powers come from, I mean, Anakin, come on. Like, but, 
it's ex- I mean, but at least there's a little bit of explanation there, you know, like sure, you know, but she's so, she's been on Jakku. She had to raise herself. She had that, you know, staff, yeah. you know. I think but that's all it takes though. It's just like one sentence of going like there was no father. I carried him, I gave birth to him. You know, it's like, oh <laughs> he, he was birthed by midichlorians, even though I don't like the midichlorians thing. I was just saying at, 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 <laughs> least, at least you know he was conceived by the force. So it makes sense. You're like, oh he's Jesus. You know, if if, well, if, an, if there is an answer, but the answer is not good, does that still like satisfy that though? But I agree. Sorry. Yeah. I've heard you talk about episode one, you know, kind of being an apologist for that. And I agree. I think that is definitely not the worst of the three. I just rewatched uh, even revenge of the Sith. Uh, I'm kind of doing a rewatch ahead of rise of or, uh, yeah, rise of Skywalker. And, uh, it's not as even that one is not as good as I remember. Even like the best parts, the the lightsaber duels and certain things. Uh, and I keep coming back to episode one might have been for me the better of the three of them, uh, which is not the opinion I thought I would come out after you know rewatching them after a while. I, I wonder too if if you know had Lucas followed his his original vision and and you know there's a lot of what ifs there. But mm-hmm. had he allowed another director to ke- take over and he just did the story, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure the director would have left. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, had had there been at least a, a no man as opposed to a lot of yes men, um, uh, had had the the series taken taken a different tone, and um, you know, I I always wanted them to just jump into the Clone Wars because yeah. one of the things that I loved about a new hope was that we just jumped into it. You had to, you had to kind of learn things as you went. You're like, wait, what's happening with this people? And you know, things weren't explained. And I, I've always enjoyed that about the movies in general is that there, there's enough stuff there that you can kind of start to fill in the blanks. And um, so, so yeah. And even with the cartoon, the Clone Wars cartoon, uh, we, we get so much more of the, the relationship between Anakin and, um, uh, Obi-Wan, which, which I know Nick and I have talked about um, ad, ad nauseum. So, well, um, and it, it, uh, since you, you brought up Clone Wars, listening to the episodes uh, recently, uh, Clone Wars is one of those anomalies where I feel like I I did not get on uh, the the fandom for the for Clone Wars. Uh, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. It's actually the big gap in my in my Star Wars knowledge, actually. Um, and I think the reason is because, you know, Nick, you were talking about the original animated version on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. And that, I absolutely loved that series. It's a great series. And it's mm-hmm. so good. It's so, like, highly stylized. I was, I really love 2D animation and what you can do. The limitation of it, you know, you have to get really creative with certain things. And they made it look so cool. They did. And so I, I have super appreciated that. So then when the movie came out and it was... You know, computer animated, the characters looked really weird. And me being a very like visual person, for me to get over a certain animation style, like it has to be really, really good for me to get even past that entry level. Um, and some of the animation of Clone Wars is still a little off putting to me, but the story behind it is definitely like really calling to me. So I think I need to, now that I have Disney Plus, I'm just going to start from the beginning and just blaze my way through it um i didn't have much as much of a problem with rebels i actually watched rebels 
Um, yeah. I don't, it's maybe a little less stylized, but, uh, but yeah, the, that original uh, series was just so good. I really loved that. Yeah. It's been a few years since I've watched it. I should watch it again. But uh, yeah, I do. I really, I mean, it's just things like the, the introduction of Grievous in, you know, yeah. in the original, it's just like, that's the Grievous I wanted. It's just this guy who could, you know, kill Jedi, like no problem. And then all of a sudden, you know, we skip because I mean, at the time, that's all you know of Grievous is that cartoon, kind of like how right. all you knew of Bubba Fett, you know, was you know the cartoon, this Christmas, the Christmas, uh, the Christmas special, and all of a sudden you see this coughing guy in episode three. And you're like, wait a minute, what happened? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, and, and in, in the in the you know the cartoon, Grievous was it was like silent and very sudden and dark, kind of like out of nowhere. It was ominous, like the like a, the T Rex approaching in Jurassic Park. You could hear his like thuds as he's walking up and it builds right. the shit. So they like, they did everything right with that. And even though Grievous is kind of a cool character in his own way, um, there was something about that that was far more ominous and I really enjoyed. Well, um, as far as, you know, and I, and I like the fact that we, we bring up the cartoons because I, I think it's, it's important to kind of know like where the TV shows were and where we are now with the TV shows. I mean, even going back, like, I mean, my childhood was filled full of the Ewoks and droids, <laughs> which, I mean, the, you know, even when I was watching Ewoks, I was like, ah, Ewoks is just okay. You yeah. Know, like, I would watch it, like, you know, because it was the only thing that was on. It was the only Star Wars you were getting post-Jedi. And then droids, I loved the theme song for some reason. Like, I loved <laughs> droids because it had the droids and it would bring in other characters, you know, and it, and it felt lived in. Um, uh, so, you know, sadly that was only on for, for one season and, and, uh, looking back, not very good, but, uh, you know, so I always kind of think like, okay, like, like they keep moving the bar a little bit further and a little bit further. So, um, now that we have, uh, the Mandalorian and, um, you know, there's, there's been episodes this season where, where I've been like, okay, that wasn't as strong. And there's been other season, you know, episodes where I'm like, well, that's clearly the strong, the strong ones. Um, I, I've wondered though, you know, had, had the show come out, not as a, as a, a weekly release, which, you know, for us podcasters, we love, um, <laughs> because we can kick it around the curb, but had it came out like a, like just people could just binge it and watch it as a movie straight through much in the same way that, that stranger things would come out. Right. Like, um, would people be as critical um, of some of those weaker episodes because you, you would have this like straight binge because there's weaker episodes in stranger things. Um, but because we binge it and, and, and I'm right there, like stranger things is out. Gotta watch it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching it, like there might be an episode where I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, but on to the next one. Right. Right you now. But I think <clears throat> with stranger things or a lot of those binging ones, they are serialized in that you, you know, it has a continued arc. So you have to watch them in order. Um, that's one of my negatives, you know, and we've actually talked about it a little bit too, is that, you know, the first three episodes are that way. And these last mm-hmm. three episodes are not, you could rearrange these last three episodes in any order and they would still fit. Um, right. So I don't know. I mean, I, that's a good, that's a good question. I think it'll depend on these last two episodes. If, you know, if you can truly answer your question. Right. I- and, and my, my take on the last, the last two, and I, I could be completely, what completely wrong episode seven could be a, another like canned episode, but I kind of thought like, okay, going into the end of the season, like it, 
feels it should be a two-parter, right? Like, I think so too. <laughs> so it would it would make sense. Uh, I can't I can't imagine going for another self-contained right before the finale, unless the finale is really long and we just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that information's out there. And and thinking in terms of like like what we've just been talking about the cartoons, like a lot of those episodes were very self-contained, you know. And I I wonder, you know, like okay, is that is that Filoni's hand in it? Is it Filoni and uh, Favreau talking this out and saying like, well, we need to have some episodes that are like this, or this is the style that we want to go with. We want to go with the, you know. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess time will tell. Um, I mean, I think you're right um, in that this one is casting a a wide umbrella or net or whatever you want to say, because this episode, <clears throat> even though it's standalone, it's showing a little glimpse of the underworld, you know, whereas we've seen the, the uh, bounty hunters guild. Now we're seeing a little bit of this underworld, you know, so like the next season, something else could be introduced and you're like, Oh, like, you know, you killed these people from this and you know, it can lead into other things. So, you know, it's all just putting little toes in the water, I think. Yeah. Um, well, so let's let's uh, you know I, I I never break down the entire episode in, in, a, in a you know A to B you know kind of plot format. But um, what were some of the things from this episode that stood out to to you? Um, and and Jacob, uh, I know you were excited uh, that Bill Bill uh, Bill Barr was on this uh, episode. Oh, Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I was I was also I was waiting for the episode of Bill Burr since I saw him in the uh, the trailers for it. Really, there's been so many good comedian cameos and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really in, in, into a lot of comedy. So anytime I see them, I'm just like, ah, Oh my God, it's Brian Bosain and I'm Bill Burr's in this one. This is insane. Um, and so really the thing that I love the most about this one was uh, how, how good some of the cameos were. Some of them I didn't actually realize were cameos until afterwards. Hmm. Uh, uh, and, and Bill Burr, I think is like proven that he can kind of act circles around some people that didn't, I didn't really know he was as good as that. I, he was in Breaking Bad, and that was awesome. But um, he had some like uh, really good lines uh, that he said with some pretty uh, authentic intensity. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I really believed him. I felt like every, the, the other characters were awesome too, but uh, maybe a, like a hint on the over the top miss. Uh, but I still, but like they're. They're bright, colorful alien characters. They're gonna like they, they have an audience to like, you know, really shout out to. I really, I really enjoyed all of that. The uh, the heist genre of it all. I to to speak about Bill Bill Burr. The, there was that one moment where he's being introduced. Right, uh, his his uh, character's name was Mayfeld. And uh, I, I just love the facial expression that he gives. It's, it's not even a line, but he's like, "Whoa!" You know, like he puts mm-hmm. his hands up, like like, and it just those little subtle moments with him, like, you know, really kind of gave you that intimidated kind of feel. Um, when, when I f- first watched this episode, I, I was like, man, it's like hanging out with like some losers from high school that like, you're like, ah. <laughs> 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 it kind of felt bad for Mando. Cause you're like, Oh man, like you're really just like, these are yeah. like the, kids that you didn't want to hang out with but you're forced right. to he's he's moved on he's got shiny new armor and they're still you know like they're still rocking the you know they're bitter about the past like <laughs> you never talked to me back in high school 
<laughs> you're still playing with knives and you know right. like trying to do their intimidated tiny stuff you know so uh-huh. i've got a kid now what do you guys got you know? <laughs> uh so uh, speaking of of some of the, the other uh characters or, or actors uh clancy brown mm-hmm. um i wanted to mm-hmm. mention him, um who, who played the uh um Devorian. Um, I always mess up the, how to pronounce that, but his name was Berg. Daveronian. I mean, he's been in Rebels, yeah, he's been in Clone Wars. He's been in, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Every time, especially, especially, especially in this episode, though, the, the first time I heard him spoke, he was almost using his regular Highlander voice, you know, because he just he comes with you, oh, mm-hmm. you know, hello, tiny, you know, and now yeah. he's kind of like, ah, there he is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he did a good job. Uh, the ma- the makeup was really good on him as well. Um, and uh, but yeah, he is he has been in Clone Wars. He's been in uh, Rebels. He was also in a uh, he played a Mandalorian in a, in a Star Wars uh, video game. Uh, so uh, and then the 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 jailer. Um, yeah, actually, is the voice of Anakin Skywalker from? Yeah, Batman. I saw that. Matt, Matt Latner. Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a kind of a cool. I mean, actually, of all the episodes, like they really pulled in like like some people on this. Um, and uh, we haven't even talked about Xi'an. So um, yeah, and that and that was um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the actress's uh, uh, name. Natalia, Natalia T- Tina. I'm not sure how to so, pronounce her last name. So. She was the one that escaped me when I watched the episode. It was oh. bothering me the whole time. I was like, I, I know, I know this person, but I cannot quite place it. Um, and it wasn't until the very end. I was like, Oh, shit! Of course, yes. Yeah. Oh, thank God! It was it was killing me the whole time. Osha or Tonks from Harry Potter? Tonks, yeah. Yes, that's right. So yeah, she's she's got her foot in uh, a couple different uh, franchises now. She so, was the yeah. one, like what you're saying, Jacob, about a. Uh, she was the one character that annoyed me a little bit, like the yep. bit, a bit overacting or cause all mm-hmm. she did was hiss a lot of times in the episode yeah. was kind of like showing her fangs. I'm like, okay, like once, maybe twice. Okay. But like <laughs> how many times was like, are you just a cat now? You're not even a twilight. <laughs> you know, just, I don't. So. Yeah. That was, you're, I was, I was right there with you that like, that was what set me just a little over the, the top. But um, aside from that, everything else, I was excited to see a twilight with a little more personality than we've seen uh, yeah. in the past, which is nice. <laughs> No, no, you're right. I mean, it, she does play against the the stereotypical Twilight um, that we've seen. In fact, my daughter and I we were we were joking before before this episode aired because we um, we'd seen her in the the trailers, um, the the general trailer. There's no trailers for the the actual episode, but mm-hmm. we were like, you know, oh, you know, Twilights. They're kind of like the Visco girls of like you know the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Like they're so basic, and it's like they do one thing, and that's that's. Uh, Anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, so to see her play against that, I did I did enjoy that, um, and uh, then we also had uh, Ran um, or Ranzar. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, and who, uh, who yeah. what you what I know him from is Batman Begins. He's yeah, the, that was the crooked cop. Yeah. You know. Yep. And uh, you know, you halfway expected him to pay uh, Mando and uh, Falafel. That's what I'm yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um, 
So this episode, you know, just to, to briefly break it down, you know, we have Mando, he's seeking some work, he arrives at this spaceport, right? You know, and uh, we learned that he was old friends with, with Ran, or Ran's got a job, he needs a fifth person. But the real reason is, is he, he really wants the Razor Crest. And we learned that the Razor Crest uh, has got some unique characteristics in the fact that it uh, kind of flies under the radar of both Imperial and Rebel. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting little technical, you know, kind of jargon it, kind of thing to throw. They don't, they don't really mm-hmm. explain it, but it makes sense, you know, in the fact that it is a Clone War era ship, mm-hmm. you know, so it wouldn't be on an Imperial or a New Republic grid. Same way as the Falcon wouldn't be either, because um, mm-hmm. it's an old ship too. I, I wondered if that was like at one point he mentions like uh, you know it's a ghost and I was like oh is, is this the rebel a rebels ref, ref, reference here you know and and why the rebels was such a, a you know stealthy ship um, so um, anyway uh, they have this job they're going to break out you know from a prison transport and uh, Mando is not down with the whole like using his ship and I think. For, for rightful reason, he's he's got a baby on board, right? Like, that, yeah, that's where I started feeling at that very beginning when he's talking about I'm going to use the ship, whereas in this really, to me, should have been episode four, not six, because it shows just really bad decision-making on Mando's part. And it's like, you know, if it would have been episode four, you could kind of forgive it almost of saying like, oh, I've got mm-hmm. this baby Yoda on here that, you know, like, I don't know what to do with, but I need to make money. So, okay, cool. Uh, but you know, then it's just like little things like just start irked me. It's like, wait a minute, you're there for the job. Why did you take the job? For one, you know, you don't know any of these work. You don't know any. Of the, you don't know any of these crew members. You know, the one person who wants to kill you. Um, <laughs> and and the fact that he didn't ask for more money. You know, the fact that he's like, oh, you're going to use my ship. Well, I want double double the fee. You know, like that mm-hmm. to me would have been like first thought. You know, you're endangering my ship, and I'm also endangering Baby Yoda when people are trying to kill me for this thing. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. It felt like a uh, he 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 kind of just like took it right, uh, mm-hmm. which felt weird uh, and not like something that we would have expected him to do after what we've seen so far. He he doesn't really answer to anybody, and that's kind of why we like it. But um, I guess the uh, what, you know on top of all that, not only are they using it and just everything's going against what he says he's gonna you know wants to do. Uh, he doesn't want that kind of heat on him, but also there's going to be a, a droid that he notoriously hates piloting his ship. Yeah, uh, and and it was you know it was raised as a as a as a concern, but then it was it just happened anyway. <laughs> but by by the way, the droid's name is Zero. Like we've had tons yeah. of droids in the in the in the universe of Star Wars. This one, this one is named Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> like that's. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so it's kind of you know we, we didn't we didn't we didn't talk about Zero when we were talking about some of the the cast of characters, but Zero might have actually been my favorite uh, new character in this. I, I think mm-hmm. I might have a soft spot for droids. I I was a huge fan when K two S O was I think is that that's K two S O that's right yeah from mm-hmm. uh, Rogue One Rogue One yeah um, and <clears throat> when the uh, when IG eleven was in. Uh, the the first episode, I was like, I can't wait to see more of IG Eleven. It's gonna be so great. It's gonna be a buddy cop thing. And he shoots him. <laughs> so I was I was really upset when that happened. So when when Zero came in, I'm like, oh, he's kind of got some wisecracking. Uh, he's mm-hmm. 
he's got some personality. I'm really excited about this. And then as soon as he started going after Baby Yoda, I'm like, God, dang it. Now he's got to die too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, to, to Nick's point, I think we've established that Mando is a really bad parent for one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's horrible with money. So, mm. like, <laughs> Joe, I just give it away. <laughs> yeah. I really hope he learns more in, in season two. Uh, like learns from his mistakes. So I, I did think that the, the fact that, you know, I, I realized that some of these episodes, as Nick pointed out, could be interchangeable. I do think that the, the line like, well, they're just going to keep coming after you. And so as he's on board, he keeps looking at all of the people and wondering, you know, like, is this person going to come after me? Is this person going to come after me? So, but I do think that the idea of setting up the sanctuary later on, like maybe, maybe you would have given us a little bit more weight as to why he would have wanted to rest his bones and like take off his helmet. Right. Like mm-hmm. it seemed a little quick for him to just like, be like, yeah, like I'm falling in love, which I never got that vibe from so it's hard to emote that through a mask so mm. trust me i've tried <laughs> <laughs> um so uh anyway uh yes we have this this heist um that's going to happen a prison transport i like that we get a little bit more of what's happening with the new republic you know yeah, um, yeah that was great to see yeah and clearly the new republic's got some money right like they've got <laughs> yeah you wonder yeah. That, yeah. It has I mean, been five it, to seven years though, so maybe yeah. Yeah. So um and and under okay, so understandably, like with the resistance era stuff that happens with Leia, like basically they've just done away done away with the military. That doesn't necessarily mean that they've done away with money altogether. So um they clearly have some money for these transport ships. Um, and just droids, which might also make sense with the fact that they might be a little understaffed since they only have like one human aboard this, this vessel. Um, and zero has no sensibility of driving a ship. Like he, he <laughs> drives it as, as he's a robot, right? Like it's, right. it's clearly, uh, jumps around a bit, um, and, and puts baby Yoda in the first amount of danger. Well, Oh. I guess I guess the first moment happens when they want to take off Mando's helmet, and um, mm-hmm. there's that that there's that kind of awkward scene where they they make fun of him, calling him a, a gungan. So yeah. bringing up our conversation earlier. So you know, um, I see that even referenced. There's actually a lot. Well, uh, quite a few references. Uh, we didn't mention it, but you know when Bill Burr is introduced. Um, he what when they talked about the ship, he says, you know, it looks like a, a slot machine from Casino Blight. Or mm-hmm. I was like, Canto oh, Blight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, and uh, not know if many people caught that or not. Um, oh yeah, the it, uh, one of and then the first the first one was that oh he's uh, he was a sharpshooter for the uh, for right. the Empire. It's like well, it's not saying that. much. Yeah, I, I, I love that for the fact that I know that Ralph listens to this podcast, and I wanted to rub it into you, Ralph, that now stormtroopers being bad shots is canon. So, <laughs> fair enough. That that is that is that is definitely game. I, I actually thought of Ralph when I heard that too. I was like, Ooh, yeah. That's After he defended it so much, he's like, wait, a minute, they were told not to hit over. Like, uh huh. <laughs> Um, okay, so we we get uh, we get a couple references there to to past stuff. They they get on board this prison prison ship, um, which 
it, it seems like uh, they basically set up the like, well, let's see what this Mando can do. And, you know, he's got to yeah. fight off like six droids right off the bat, um, which we get some cool action stuff. And um, we've got some little little scenes of like who might be on this prison ship. That first person we saw almost looked like they were wearing Jedi robes. I don't know if you like, I, I don't know. I mean, and that was just me, but I was like, I mean, I realize they're not imprisoning Jedi and there are no Jedi, but it just seemed odd. Like I was like, it had the brown kind of maybe, maybe there's maybe he's a Jedi impersonator and they're just like, Oop. yeah, the only thing I recognize it looked like an Imperial officer. Yes. Uh, other than that, yeah. that was the only thing I could really kind of make out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever the, the alien species that uh, was in uh, solo that John Favreau did the voice for. I can't think of what the, oh, yeah. Yeah. The right. four armed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was one of those and, Whatever the one, the, the one that was, you know, screaming on the other side of the door that looked like sloth from the Goonies. No <laughs> idea what species that is. I've never seen it before, but it was, it was unsettling. <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, that's, that's a good call. That's sloth from, from the Goonies. But yeah. Um, so they're on, on board this prison ship. Um, they, they get to the command central. Uh, they've learned there's a, a human on board. Um, and, uh, I kind of felt like, okay, this guy's going to die. Like there's, there's no way this guy's like walking away from this um, moment here. And uh, you know, there's some fighting happening. People are drawing. Now, now I noticed on this episode that the Mandalorian has a new code, which he's not killing people. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, from the very first episode, like he kills that guy on the bar just for shooting at him. I mean, he, sl- he slices him in half, like, you know, with the door. And it's like, multiple times i mean he's shooting jawas just for, for well i mean they were stealing his crap crap yeah. there but i mean still like he there's a lot of killing involved in the in you know the lead up i guess but but more and more he's kind of taking this like do no harm approach i guess or, or do not kill approach like is this is this baby yoda like kind of influencing that i, I don't know like is that what's going soft on him I feel like that's like the best explanation of that. It did feel a little uh, odd at first, but it's, I guess that it's, it's nice to see that kind of growth because I remember being shocked when he uh, completely disintegrated the Jawa for the first time. When, when that happened out of the blue, it was really startling. I didn't realize that that was where where they were going to go with that. But uh, so now seeing him hold, you know, the restraint and uh, really thinking things through ahead of time in that way, um, it's interesting to see that development. I don't know. Like, I I would have preferred him killing them. But that's that's just me. <laughs> uh, I kind of felt maybe it was professional courtesy, or it's just the fact that it it does it does no good, you know, to kill them really. Mm-hmm. They're because they're just looking out for themselves, and so putting them in prison will probably be far worse than killing them uh, unless they mm-hmm. escape. And and sets sets them up for season two. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's probably the the key thing. I was I when the episode ended, I turned uh, to to uh, Kim and, she, and I was just like, "Hey, I'm so excited that they finally left some characters alive by the end of this to right? come back later. Yeah. They've there's, they've been really just you know burning the trail behind them on these on some of these characters. So this was that was refreshing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, especially because I, I know uh, Nick and I we were fans of the the Fennec. Uh, the the woman that was the the sharpshooter, you know, the mercenary, yeah. and um, you know, so yeah, I mean, I was kind of wondering, like, when are we going to get some some characters that are going to come back? So, um, 
and uh, yeah, it, the 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 way this ends definitely sets that up. So, um, like, like a Superman two type thing, where um, there are three of them, the two men and a woman. Oh, hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he's General Zod, but you know, <laughs> the, uh, they want his best car. Uh, so the, this this whole thing, you know, culminates though, where we learn who they're actually trying to to break out. Uh, which I, I assume that if Mando had found out that this was Shion's uh, 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 brother, like I guess he would have been like, "No, not doing it. Like I'm out." Right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of a big surprise. And um, I did like the the turn of events though, where all of a sudden he's thrown in the prison. Like I think that was the the moment of the episode where I was like. Okay, stuff's going down now. Like, yeah, it got really exciting after that for sure. Yeah, um, kind of in two different ways to go. Um, one of the questions that got posed though on the ship before the job was, you know, uh, you know, was it, you know, Mandalorians are supposedly the best warriors in the galaxy, and then mm-hmm. she, you know, she says, asking what happened on Al Zok three, to which right. he replies, "I did what I had to do." She goes, "Yeah, but you enjoyed it." You know, and that was one of those things that I, with a few lines I did like, because it's like it, it kind of poses a couple questions. Is like, does he have a really dark history to mm-hmm. where maybe he was a ruthless killer for revenge, or because she knows that she's about to, you know, break her brother out of prison? Is mm-hmm. that the job? You know, that she's referring mm-hmm. to is is that her saying, you know, you he did what he had to do because like he left her brother behind for a reason. Yeah, you know, like there's some depth there that could be explored. Yeah. What, one one benefit to the show and, and the mask is that we can always see uh, a backstory happen again. You know, we can always have a. I, I hope. I hope we get some some more kind of back episodes that fill fill it in. Or or does he always have to get Beskar armor to get flashbacks? So, <laughs> like, uh, like come on! I want some more backstory. Get some Beskar, man. Uh, so no, I, I mean to Nick's point too. I also liked the line, even though we can we can agree her hissing was a little bit too much. Um, I did like also the line where she jokingly said like "it is the way" or something. Yeah, right. Like, I, I love that because it, it it throws something back that's already been established. So right. Oh yeah, and this the the whole the phrase "this is the way" that's that is that was made canon just from this show. Is that? Right, I, I I don't know if that was in Clone Wars or yeah, okay. I've, I've never, because never, I've I've seen that the 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 life that even just that phrase alone has taken on uh, online and in, in memes and everything. like I I see it all over the place and it's I don't know I think it shows the strength of the you know even just certain throwaway I mean that's not a throwaway line that's pretty specific the the lines are strong enough to be iconic you know, just as the iconic as some of the original trilogy lines, which is really exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of how Star Wars permeates pop culture, you know, yeah. is, is these these moments that they can fit into other nooks and crannies, you know, whether they're, they're Baby Yoda memes or it's this is the way <laughs> thrown on, on stuff. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't, I have, I'm surprised I haven't been advertised more of this is the way t-shirts as I have been Baby Yoda t-shirts. So. Oh, right. It's like, oh my gosh, like, give it a rest, people. Um, <laughs> I get it. He's cute. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, and, uh, you know, God help us, like, a year from now, like, all of the baby, it's just going to be a smorgasbord. It's going to be too even, much. He was even cute in this episode. I mean, 
crazy. He was. The whole zero pursuit thing of him just being all of a sudden, because you've seen him now show some intelligence, but you know, him looking at zero in the pilot and then realizing Mm -hmm. that like, Oh, something's not right. And then hiding, looking at him, you know, and then I love, I'm sure you guys will get to it, but like, you know, I loved it when um, he's in the closet and, you know, he's got the gun and he tries to use the force. Yes. And just the sheer fact that after zero explodes, he looks at his hand, like, did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I yeah. just wow, like whoever is writing this to do like just this cuteness with Debbie Yoda is just on it every time of just No, no, you're you're right. I mean, uh, you know, I've it's it's no uh um it's no secret. I mean, I talk about my kids on the show quite a bit. Uh, my daughter being a, a huge fan of uh, you know, it's drawn her into the show cuz from the the commercials alone she was just like I'm out. And then as soon as Baby Yoda hit, it's just like, I mean, it really is. It's like, oh, it's it's the Baby Yoda show, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but it's called The Mandalorian, you know. And um, and uh, so yeah, when those parts come, you know, are are shown, it's it's. I always watch it before them, and so when I am watching it with them, I'm almost kind of seeing like how they react to certain parts. So when that part, I mean, both my kids are just like over the moon about the the hide and go seek and the, and the hand, yeah. up, you know, like like you're right, it is, it's choreographed great, you know, definitely plays off that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of just choreography and uh, and just pacing, that's actually what I loved a lot. There was things I loved about this episode, and there's things I really didn't like about this episode. We've, mm-hmm. we've kind of talked a little bit about things I didn't like, but I loved the, the pacing of this episode, and I liked how, like, I mean, I've written down here, like, um, you know, I loved, like, all the fighting of the droids, because we, and even the fighting amongst, you know, the, within the crew of the Jailbreak, because you got to see what Ma- uh, Mando can do, and you also saw his limitations, like, just that mm-hmm. he's not invincible, you know, he's human if you want to say a word of it i I just like that um and i also loved when he is pursuing uh mayfield the the strobe yes that was almost like a light horror film and i just ate that up i mean that could have fit right in an alien you know just Mm -hmm. someone just walking down this you know white perfectly white you know uh, corridor and then just seeing like an alien just uh, slip by him and all of a sudden it's right there like (gasps) you know like like, i just love that no, no, it's great. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the the um the fact that that like th- the third act of that episode was all of the the hunt, like mm-hmm. him taking them all out one by one. Like yeah. that was it's just exciting as like when he was taking out all the stormtroopers back in what episode two or three. Um, that that whole thing where you're seeing it from their point of view and, and you're you know seeing the kind of terror that they put into these people or that he puts into the people that he's after uh, is really really exciting and and. <laughs> Those are those have been the best parts of the episodes, yeah. and and the when he takes on Berg, um, you know the first mm-hmm. character, and, and you know yeah. basically there's there's the flip that happens. He's put in prison, breaks out of prison. Love seeing how he gets out of prison. Mm-hmm. You know, he uses his smarts, um, gets out of prison, goes up against Berg. Even uses his like uh, you know those whistling birds to try to. I mean, he uses everything on Berg. Everything. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, to see to see that door thing come back. I mean, I thought Berg was going to get sliced in half. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it's but, like lifting it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And then the, the other doors come smashing down on his face. It's just like, uh, I mean, we, yeah, it, it I just love that part. I just thought yeah. that was a, a nice surprise and yeah. the way they did that. So. And I even liked the flamethrower a bit too, just before that, mm-hmm. because, you know, he always has looked like he's, you know, 
Hellboy. You know, you know? <laughs> and so like now you kind of remember, I guess he is from hell. You know, he just takes yeah. the flamethrower like <laughs> whatever. You know? Right. Just moves on. I wanted to call what we were eating tonight uh Deb Devorian steaks or something. And I was like, no, we're not eating the devil. No, we're that's not what, what we're doing. <laughs> he definitely did get flame broiled. So. It, would, it would definitely be raw at that point, I guess. <laughs> I think he would definitely be a little tough and gamey. So Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, yes, he takes on uh, all three of those crew members and um you know, we don't really get it, get the, the epilogue until, you know, what happened to them until the end. But that end scene, though, when we do see them in prison, I like that we also see Berg kind of waking up like he's like rubbing his face. Like, clearly that's got to hurt. Mm. And, and that that would have knocked him out. And I think Mayfield he had in, in cuffs. I think you can see Mayfield, Mayfeld. Sorry, I want to call him Mayfield. Uh, but he's in cuffs. So uh, it just, it kind of... I don't know, it showed how he got them all there, you know, mm -hmm. it, it made sense. Like, cause the only way that you could get Berg into a place like that is if you knocked him out completely. Right. So well, and it looks, it looks like his horns were snapped off too. Like maybe the, oh. the, the sliding door took a, took a whole chunk out of him. I, I, I thought that would be, that'd be a cool Hellboy reference too. <laughs> yeah, so, I it was definitely like, that was, that was the first thought is it's definitely even more Hellboy at that point. Yeah. Um, um so then how this this all plays out though where he he runs into and i'm sorry i did not write his name down because he's uh, forgettable it's uh the the brother basically i n so oh, uh quinn is what they quinn. Okay. Is quinn? Yeah. yeah thanks um yeah i don't know why i didn't write his name down maybe because he just like i didn't really care but i love the psychology though of that last it's basically the last you know enemy to to defeat i guess well not quite but mm -hmm. the fact that he brought up the whole psychology of of being a mandalorian the code and you know um and it really kind of plays with with uh like well what is he going to do so mm -hmm. um yeah, he wasn't he wasn't stupid he was he was not just a, a dumb villain he, mm -hmm. he he said the right things to each person to get you know closest as he could to escaping he didn't care about any of them at that point right. yeah like, we knew that right from the get-go when the doors close and his sister's on the other side and he clearly does not care at all and they finally you know he loses uh, uh bill burr I, I i'm just calling him bill burr loses him and says you're gonna get triple the shares and you know and then uh you know even talks his way out of it at the end there up until the point right yeah. um but he was he became more and more interesting to me as you know as it went on. Um, so I, I I I guess we won't ever see him again. I, but I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would say he is definitely dead. So um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I love the twist though. With with the, I mean, I kind of thought somehow this is going to play out. I mean, you know, you saw that little beeping. You know, that's like the, mm -hmm. the device. It's the guffin. You know, like what's going to happen? The rebels are coming. Uh, well, not rebels. It's the new republic now. Um, but right. you know, you, you knew that, that something was was you know. We even had the countdown from zero. You got five minutes left or whatever. Um, so, my my biggest complaint at this point with the Mandalorian um, is the you know, and it's just a device that they keep using. Is they they put Baby Yoda in some type of of shooting danger, and this is the fourth out of six episodes where it basically culminates where someone's about ready to shoot baby Yoda and then bam, like you, you get the, the shot from behind. 
And it's mm -hmm. it's been one of those like, that was cool once. Okay, you did it another time, but now it's like it's getting a little like you can only do that so many times. And and, it, and mm -hmm. that part, I guess, like, you know, I don't mind the adventure of the week, actually. Like, like you know, this episode probably of the last, you know, I guess of the, the last three that we've had here, uh, four, five, and six, like, uh, I enjoyed it. It's, it's one that I wanted to go back and watch again, you know, um, because I, I loved all of the action, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I think I, I think I watched it because I was at work. I, I I probably watched it like two two times at least, uh, just because it was it was fun. Um, but those moments, I guess, are the one thorn that I'm like, like, when are you gonna get past that? When are you gonna get over that that baby Yoda in danger hump? So, well, do you, do you think that they're gonna find a way to get baby Yoda to safety to where? Baby Yoda story kind of concludes at the end of this season, and then we move on with the Mandalorian after. Like, are we stuck with Baby Yoda for good? Like, that's going to be really hard to write around. And you can't kill that cash uh, cow. No, that's 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 that's. I mean, that could ultimately be the thing that brings the most people to the show, but also kills the show. Mm -hmm. So, because because I started to feel it in this one too when he's bouncing around the ship. I mean, first my heart sank because I'm like, oh no! And then I'm like, I can't keep I, feeling like this. They dropped the baby. <laughs> they dropped the baby. The yeah. Hell? No. No. It's it's and it's weird too because like I know it. Like like and they get me every time. I'm like Charlie Brown with a yeah. football with this thing. Like I'm like, no, don't don't hurt. Oh yeah, of course you're not gonna hurt, baby. But it's it gets me though. Like even when when yeah. Euro's hunting him and he's got the gun, I'm like. Oh, baby Yoda, you're so cute. <laughs> use, use the force again. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, for, for the listeners that didn't see Nick shaking his head, yes and no to, to everything that Jacob had said, like, um, you know, yeah, how I had thought maybe at the very beginning of this season, as, as if you've listened to any of the podcasts that perhaps we would get to a point where, uh, we would retire Baby Yoda and, and Mandalorian would be on to another adventure. But even if that happened, <laughs> even if they mm -hmm. they contained this and, and by chapter eight, it's like, bye-bye. You got to know that going into season two, like they're like, oh no, uh, Bob Iger's calling him up. And he's like, get <laughs> Baby Yoda back in this thing. Like, Now, did you guys ever see a movie that came out in the late 80s, maybe even 1990, with um, Nick Nolte and Martin Short called The Three Fugitives? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get the exact same thing. Like, he's going to, you know, it's uh, basically, so the movie, for everyone out there that doesn't know, is that Martin Short uh, robs a bank to provide for his daughter. Because yeah, she's like probably five years old, six years old, or something like that. And she hasn't spoken in years. And Nick Nolte is an ex-con who gets blamed for um, the robbery. Uh, and so they're on the run from the cops. And at the very end, the little girl's not spoken at all. And when Nick Nolte is trying to get, you know, let them go, she finally says her first words, which is, don't go. So Baby Yoda is going to say, you know, go, do not. You know, or something like that. You know, <laughs> And then Mandalore's like, fine. You know, and then mm -hmm. that's why like. You can't give him up. Well, and it, I mean, it does go back to that wolf, um, wolf and cub, you know, yeah, like a, yeah. like storyline. Uh, which, if that is the way that they will go, if, if they're going to have like a samurai and a and a child that's becoming a samurai, right? 
then I then I want to see Baby Yoda progress. But he's fifty years old and clearly stunted and growing. So, yeah. like how right. much? And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess he can only lift up a, a monster beast like every four or five episodes. So, you know, like, like he's only got so much force power in him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it is, it is the big question, I guess, you know, hanging, I guess, over this, the show right now. So, um, um, let's see, uh, to, to end this out here, we got, um, baby Yoda's put in danger, shot to the head, which, by the way, they they did a nice little foreshadowing there, um, where you see the uh, at some point you see the the uh, the shot through the robot or the droid's head earlier when when uh, the Mandalorian takes on the six droids and actually shoots one right through the head point blank, and you're kind of like the 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 camera angle is is showing through the the hole that he just blasted right, and the next scene goes to zero. Um, and so I, I thought that was kind of a, a nice, like little transition or like foreshadowing. Um, so anyway, um, zero's dead. Uh, Mando shows up basically as like, you know, no questions asked. Give me my money. I'm out of here. Um, I never want to come back to these high school, <laughs> high school years, you know? And, uh, we, we actually get to see that ran and this, uh, space station has some serious firepower. This, this looks like some kind of souped up clone wars era fighter. Like, yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me of clone war. Um, at first I thought it was, um, like one of those Naboo fighters. Cause it had that same sleek, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but then after you see like, Oh no, this is just a skeleton with guns on it. I mean, <laughs> but it, it, it did look cool. Too bad we didn't get to see it fly. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, go ahead. I was just saying, like, I figured you were going to say it before I, me. No, I just was going to mention the X-Wing pilots. That's, um, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, I don't know their name. I just well, know. You know say it? I, just, uh, <laughs> I recognized it immediately, you know, like, especially the first one. I was like, Dave, I mean, it was basically all three directors were, yes. uh, were the X-Wing pilots, which was a nice little cameo so you have dave filoni you know was the the first one that spoke and i don't know the other two names but uh rick uh Femiyu, um and deborah chow which is is heading the uh the kenobi series kenobi. right right yeah so um and she directs the next episode as well okay she directed the oh, third cool. episode and uh so so it'll be interesting to kind of get get a little bit more um from, from her. now now this and I'll have to go back a little bit. This is one of the scenes that actually did bother me. Okay. It's just from a plot and logical sense. The two things that really bothered me, and it, I understand that it, for the, the story, it has to go this way. Mm-hmm. But once they board the prisoner ship and the alarms get triggered, why doesn't the New Republic guy just immediately hit the thing then? You know, the alarm. It makes no sense. Why is it mobile? <laughs> Why is it not just attached to the freaking console like any other alarm would be? Okay, that's just my rant for that. Um, <laughs> um, then once they get back to this ship and they discover that it's on them, the three X-Wings just show up as a blindly, as in they don't they don't mention it like, oh, here's the tracking beacon for the prisoner ship. No, they just say, yep, there's a tracking beacon. Let's open fire. You know, and that to me really made no sense because like they didn't hail the ship, they didn't say like, 
you have a prisoner on board, please. You know, for all they know, that thing could have been filled with kids, you know, <laughs> and they just open fire and just blow up this whole system. And I was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so that was just me yeah. really nitpicking. Oh, there. No, it's fair enough. Cause I, I mean, you see, you know, the razor crest leaving and they yeah. show up. I mean, it's like if, if cops were showing up on the scene, they would be like, wait, we got a, we got somebody leaving. Here. <laughs> yeah. You go follow him and, you know, see what happened here. Cause you know, Maybe it's because it was yeah, off, the, the, it's off the grid. They could they couldn't see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they flew right by it, but they couldn't see it. They could see it. Yeah. The the timing on that was really weird. That was my first thought too. As soon as they like really, he could have just he could have made the jump before the X wings, and then mm. we wouldn't have even been talking about this. Right. Be right. A split second difference. Um, but yeah, they 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 show up. They immediately start firing. That uh, the only thing that I could justify in in that you know scenario is. The way that they the way that they reacted to the the beacon when he's holding it, you know, threatening to to push it in the first place, like they they really reacted strongly to that one, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely like something they did not want to happen, they didn't want to mess with, but they weren't really intimidated by anything else going on. So you know, none of the the you know the prison droids or anything going on. They cool collected until that came out. So I'm like, well maybe this is just a thing that we don't know enough about. It mm-hmm. must be bad news for them. Um, it's just the immediate, no questions asked, open fire button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's really all it was. So I, I just kind of forced myself to accept it, even if it's not the greatest well, they, idea. The, the, the mainly like some of the only conversation we get from the X-Wing pilots um, is that, uh, you know the the gunship is 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 coming up, and and you know the fact that the the gunship is firing up to to so so from that standpoint, like they're they're attacking first to I guess take out that that gunship, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I think one of the pilots, like if you notice, like they they blow up something on the space station first, so that I think that they can shoot inside the hangar bay. So I think they like disabled whatever shields this little junk space station has um first in order to to uh you know kind of i guess shoot inside that hangar so uh but to nick's point yeah i mean like it is i i get the whole thing of it being mobile because it's a prison ship what if it crashes somewhere and you know you got these these you know prisoners are on foot or whatever and you need to, to summon them but um and it also reminded me of rogue one and the fact that like they just send in those X-Wings and the X-Wings blow stuff up and that's it. Like they don't <laughs> think whatsoever. Like, uh-huh. and they have no ability to like, you know, I mean, I think uh, maybe Luke's the only thinking X-Wing pilot, maybe Poe Dameron, that's it. Like we don't get, those are the thinking man pilots. So mm. anyway. <laughs> I'll give you Luke. Poe doesn't always make the best decisions either. Fair no, enough. That that was the that was the whole plot of the the last Jedi. <laughs> exactly. Poe doesn't think. No. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we also did get uh, another uh, icon, I guess, or image. You know, it, which is the the New Republic symbol, which is the you know the Rebel symbol with the stars kind of around it. We saw it on the money, mm-hmm. and it was also on their helmets and and this uh, you know when they're they're coming into X wing. So um, just. Just something to you know to notice, I guess about. Oh yeah, and I, th- I think it was on the the prison droids as well. It was like they were wearing yeah. it like a like a sheriff's badge almost. Um, 
Yeah. I thought that was a really cool design. Those are droids that we've seen in the canon before. Yeah, that was that was a really cool addition. Again, mm-hmm. like I said, I think I have a soft spot for droids and their design and such. The uh, the prison droids they they reminded me of though the imperial droids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like K2SO. I'm wondering, you know, we're probably not going to get any of that backstory, but it's, yeah. it's interesting to me. Like these are potentially repurposed, and now there's serving the new republic i don't know they they left it open for some speculation the the joints and the way that they the joints moved were, were definitely k2 and um mm-hmm. we did also get the the large um I, I was reading somewhere they're like an r1 astromech kind of series or not astromech but they're they, they reference it as an r1 i I, mm-hmm. I didn't do as much digging on this, but those black droids that we got. Um, oh, moving the, the big things. things. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, which, yeah. Which I liked the design of those. I thought that was kind of a cool, yeah. you know, um, just the way the mass is all up on top and, you know, coming down to a point and, the, you know, it got to show off Berg's power skills, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong about this, but I, I don't ever recall a mouse droid being used for the rebels or there is, Oh, you know, like that. So I was shocked to see a, a mouse droid there because I always associate those with the empire. Yeah. Right. But that was still neat to see when I was like, oh, like a mouse droid. Oh, was, well, <laughs> and, that, and that was, that was part of, you know, why, when, when I was saying the, you know, the prison droids kind of look like the old repurposed, you know, Imperial droids. I'm mm-hmm. wondering how much of the empire is actually just being converted over. There's not really a lot of that that we've had a chance to see. So seeing, you know, some of the like practicality of what happens post empire is, I don't know, in the world building sense, it's really exciting to just see where they've gone with that. I I really love it. I I read somewhere about, about the, the idea that the resistance era trilogy is a recycling, like the, the whole universe is in this like fact that like, you know, you know, you, you had the grand Republic and you had all of this like money and funds and, and, and elements to, to use up and, you know, and uh, as, as it's progressed. And I, I know Lucas had also made comments about that. The fact that the, the prequel trilogy would, would be nice and shiny, but then so that by the time you got to old, the original trilogy, things would feel older. Um, well, that's, so- I remember him saying that, that that's the, even though he wrote, you know, four five and six first, you know, he always had that prequel in mind. And the reason why he chose to do four, five and six first is because the prequels, he knew the technology was not there to do it. Cause he wanted it to be like, you know, cause that's what it is. It's Rome. And he wanted it to be all shiny, perfect, very, you know, modern looking. Whereas in the, uh, the original trilogy is supposed to be the, the dark ages where everything is run down. Everything's, you know, technology is fall, you know, fallen by the wayside. It's just kind of scraps. And yeah. It makes sense when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. And I guess the mouse droids are basically the Roombas of this universe. Too. <laughs> like, like everybody can use one. So why not? Like they have no allegiance. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's that's the episode in a nutshell. I mean, we we basically got this one last little moment with the with Mando where he's basically like, "Well, this is the one toy I have on the ship. Knock yourself out, kid." We oh, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually I like that they they brought that back the little knob yeah. on that. That's that's mm-hmm. cute. You do, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing that he's going to come with with the toy. He's going to come with just like a little BB basically. 
Because yeah. I, mean, I mean, I remember doing that as a kid too. You know, if you if your any of your parents had a stick shift, you know, uh, you know, because you could, you could always just yeah. screw them if you wanted to, and I would do that. You know, just take it off. You know, mm-hmm. and it makes it's very human. So. Oh yeah. Um. Great. Uh, are there any other thoughts about this episode? As I mean, I, we've we've you know gone for for an hour here uh, breaking it down. Um, I I mean I've, I've gone over all my notes here. I'm trying to to think of anything else. Uh, uh, maybe thoughts about uh, moving forward, Jacob. Uh, you know anything that you'd like to see yet in the season? So, I mean, oh, just you know, with this episode overall, I I really really liked this. I know we we got in the weeds a little bit. Um, but yeah. Really, overall, my my reaction was extremely positive on this. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but. You know, going forward, like we were talking about, I really would like to see the last two episodes be, uh, you know, an overarching, me continuing the storyline that they, you know, started in you know, the first two episodes. Uh, I want to get back to that and see what's going on. Um, I feel like it is kind of the best chance we have of concluding uh, the Baby Yoda storyline in It'll, some fashion. <laughs> I know, but I'm trying to tell myself maybe it will. I feel <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it's going to take a lot of courage on their part. Like it, it, they have to be really ballsy to, to cut it now. Like yeah. uh, maybe that was always the intent. They weren't expecting it to be as much of a hit as it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they have to like go back to the drawing board. But if they, you know, stick to the conviction of, you know, this is going to close that arc. There's plenty of time in future seasons to bring back baby Yoda. When he comes back, it's going to be all that much more special because we'll have gone you know, several episodes without seeing him or even, you know, several years and we see where he is in his life. I, I want that to be the case. I, I know that it probably won't be the case, mm-hmm. but it's what I want. So if you're it's, asking me what I want out of this series, it's that. No, no, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Cause I, I mean, you know, I think, I think, I think fans in general have certain intentions or aspirations for the series and it's never going to be, it for everybody because because we're all you know we, we all have our like oh i want it to be this way you know and and so there's always going to be those fans like like with lost where it was like no it has to be like this this is what i predicted and and it didn't need right. that and so the ergo i'm mad um so there's always going to be there's always going to be that i think what was really unique about the mandalorian as it came out is those first three episodes which i still think felt like a, a pilot movie I think with those first three episodes, like as it got better, like fans were just like, we can agree on this. Like, this is, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's where uh-huh. I guess, you know, where we're at now, where, where it's gone into more of a, just a, a canned episode that, that the, the teeth come out, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, Ch- the Chewbacca's and the, you know, the people that are like, like I need more, you know, give me the gritty. So, um, so yeah, I, I Nick, you had a prediction, you know, oh. that you kind of shared with us in the private message, you know, about yeah. like maybe. Well, Jacob hadn't heard it, yeah, for sure. I, so I was oh, sitting, yeah, yeah. I was sitting at work um, two days ago, no, Friday, and uh, I was talking to someone actually about you know Mandalorian, and as I'm sitting there, I don't know why it, but it percolated just to the top, and I went, oh. You know, like cuss word. I was like, I was like, and they were like, look at me, like what? I was like, I figured out Mando's backstory, and uh, and then I immediately just wrote it to to uh, to Matt and then Chris, you know, and, and then, of course they didn't respond to it for like two days. I'm like, well, I guess I guess they thought it sucked, <laughs> yeah, like. But uh, I was like, 
it makes total sense, guys. I was like, the Mandalorian is from Tatooine. I was like, that's how he knows how to communicate with the sand people. I was like, you know, he knows their language. I was like, and then think about it. I was like, uh, after uh, the Clone Wars, uh, the Empire was going to use the uh, Confederate droids to clean out anything they think is a threat. So they sent them to Tatooine. They wiped out most of the human beings on the planet. And it explains two things. One, why he hates droids. And two, um, we don't serve their kind because all, everyone that lived there is bitter about it. Mm-hmm. And the biggest kicker, though, to me, because they've hinted at it, they've only shown it, you know, like, you know, after, you, know the, you see his parents, you know, throw him in that hole, the door shut, they reopen, and there's a massive droid there ready to kill him. Then they shut back again, the droid's destroyed. Who saves him? Obi Wan Kenobi. Ooh. And it'll be the perfect tie in to the series of Obi-Wan rescuing a very small child. I mean, that could just be that one little scene, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it can be that. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, the reason why I didn't respond to you, Nick, was <laughs> that you, you, you kind of treaded on an idea that I had that I hadn't gotten to share yet, which uh, was, <laughs> I was thinking that this takes place during Clone Wars era yeah. Okay. Thus, the Clone War droid that's that's about ready to shoot at him, mm-hmm. and Yoda shows up, kills the droid, and there connects to why he wouldn't kill the baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. So that was my and you know, and I, and I was like, man, Nick's getting really close to my like crackpot theory. <laughs> I wanted to share, so but I just figured we would talk about it on air, and that's why I didn't respond to you. So it's not because I didn't. I was like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You. You know. You're pretty close there. So. So we'll, I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll, well see. And, and as you know, from the outside of to, to both of yours, honestly, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about who saved him. I've been on this train of enjoying this and just kind of along for the ride so much, hadn't even thought about it. And now I'm like, you know, you say Obi Wan, I'm like, oh yeah, I bet that's it. You said Yoda, I'm like, oh yeah, I bet that's it too. <laughs> it. it, it I, I could, I could, I could totally see both of those. Actually, it's Boba Fett. It's yeah, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's always uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> well, do, I mean, do, you guys, do you guys think it's that he's? Do you think it's Boba? Do you think that no. the the Spurs? Oh, you, you say no. I, I yeah. don't. I don't want it to be Boba. I don't want to see. Okay. Any, I don't want to see any of the legacy characters in in this show. I just don't. Um, Except for Kenobi, because you have that crackpot. Yeah, but like, but he might not be in in this series though. Like, you might just see it in the six part series, and that's it. You know, and then it's just links the two. Right. Um, I just, I I just think, I think it diminishes it when you have to throw in somebody from the movies. Um, And you know, and you know, and then the aftermath series, you know, someone else owns Boba Fett's armor, so you could. Uh, it could be Boba Fett's armor, but it's not Boba Fett. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really care where they go with it. Um, it's cool, but I, I don't want to see Boba Fett really. I would rather I, much rather see Sabine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she she's the, uh, really any any of the the Mandalorians from Rebels would be would be fun and interesting to to see a couple of them pop up, even just as one offs. You know, as we as we see them in passing, uh, because the time periods right right that would. Or I guess they'd be a little older. They, they, yeah, they'd be a little older. She'd be older. She'd be older. I mean, you know, you can see the dark yeah. saber again. He can finally get his jetpack. There's lots of stuff where he could go. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. 
I mean, with with Boba Fett, honestly, for me, I I agree. I don't think that I don't think that they need to rely on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that it, it's it's kind of a cop out. Not necessarily even a cop out, but just they're they're going with a sure thing, or at least they think they are if they use Boba Fett in that way. Um, I I get the weird feeling that that is what it is, uh, but mm-hmm. I feel like they have a really they're going to have a hard time making that really really work uh, if if that's the route they go. I feel like because no matter what, they're going to disappoint a, a lot of people. <laughs> and, and it's weird though that like Disney era Star Wars has distanced itself from Boba Fett in a way. I mean, I've seen. I've seen exes have more conversations with each other than Star Wars than Star Wars with Boba Fett in a Disney era. I mean, really, like uh-huh. it's like uh, they've dropped Boba Fett faster than they dropped Slave Leia. So, mm-hmm. uh, Hut Slayer is the preferred. Yes. Thing now. So, which I do. I like Hut Slayer Leia. I think that makes Good. a lot more sense. So, empowers her. So, um. Well, I guess time will tell. I don't know who that the 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 masked villain is, or not masked villain, but the the feet villain is. Um, and and that uh, last episode that we got, I I hope that we get something more to that in this season, so that it's not just like what was that? Like I mean, because that would it would really stick out like a sword. Mm-hmm. Kind of, um, so, but maybe I mean, Filoni directed that episode. Maybe that's maybe that's him. Maybe that's him like wanting to to you know, place a little breadcrumb. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, like, so what are we, what are we predicting for the end of this season? I think we'll definitely see the helmet come off. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to no? say, I, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I think, I think it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be close. Like we were like almost going to, uh, mm-hmm. well, I don't think we're going to. Uh, do we hear baby Yoda's first word? Yes. <laughs> for sure <laughs> I, I kind of agree with what you were saying in that, um, but would you accept it like if, if Baby Yoda was gone next season and then all of a sudden we get like a, uh, a group type thing to where we see him again he is not you know he's a teenager-esque where he's talking and that would be kind of weird all of a sudden he's not cute anymore unless they you know because ba- even though Teenage Groot is cute. It's not baby mm-hmm. Groot cute. But it's not it, the same. They, they can't age. I mean, again, he's 50 years old. He's yeah. aging very, very slowly. Very like, slowly, yeah. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. if he's if he's baby to toddler era, like, we're not going to get to teenage years yet. Like, I mean, he still has to get through, you know, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're talking about, like... T-ball T- level? I, I'm just saying yeah. his, his teenage years are 100 years from now. Okay, right. I mean, if he's fifty yeah. right now, mm-hmm. I mean, just you know, it's like true. that's that's just my my thought on on teenage Yoda. So, teenage. yeah, I mean, if I think I think that if they if they keep you know if they keep him around, we're going to get a more of a toddler Yoda, a little mm-hmm. more coherent, a little more engaged in in you know not necessarily even dialogue but understanding of the events that are happening um but if if they don't go that route then i think that they're gonna 
it's going to get old, unfortunately, because I, I love Baby Yoda. I, I really, really do. Uh, but it, there can be too much of a good thing. I think we're just about to hit that limit. Yeah. Well, he's gonna, they're going to have to make him into Gizmo, which he basically is, you know, uh, right. a hairless Gizmo. Where, you know, when Gizmo actually talked, you know, he just said, you know, bright light and a few other things. But well, mm-hmm. we really only have two two more episodes. And then we're going to – it's going to be on hiatus for a while. So I don't think – I don't think we're going to get to that peak baby Yoda yet. I think, you know, I think that'll come with season two. They they haven't announced like a season two, like when it'll air or anything. No, but I I thought that they were filming it right now. Okay. I wondered if they're going to try to go with like every December type thing release or, or what I'd be fine with that. I would assume their budget is probably from the success. The budget will be greater because I think they're spending what 12 million per episode or something like that. Well, now, now they're, they're talking about, I mean, did you hear about the, the, they're working on a pilot for the Willow um, TV show now. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's well, I, I was surprised too, but uh, I hate brownies. Uh, yeah it's funny i introduced willow to someone a few years ago and they were like what the hell is this crap (laughs) we'll we'll see how that see how that plays out but i think with the success of the mandalorian i think i think at least lucasfilm and, and disney plus are like all right let's let's do let's do more so um well, uh, I don't want to keep this show too long. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've enjoyed having Jacob on the show. Um, you know, this, is, this has been really great. Uh, well, you too, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just <laughs> um, Yeah, no, this, this was great. Really, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, obviously, I, I'm, I could talk about Star Wars uh, a lot. So this is, this is nice. Well, and and thank you for the artwork and the logo. Um, so oh, it's of course it's, it is it is on the the podcast and um, every everything that we do the uh, the, the burning smoldering uh, hut. Yeah. <laughs> home. So. I would say you understand it doesn't come like in 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 my job it doesn't come out often. You know, someone's like, "Oh, we're doing a show. It's going to be called Owen Brew's Barbecue." Like, I don't get to do fun things like that very often. <laughs> <laughs> That one, that one, I, I was very excited to get started on that. One. So, yeah, that's that's good. Well, that was, I mean, that was Chris's way with words, which is one of his true gifts. You know, yeah. that we were we were trying to think of a title for the show, and he just me it was like Owen and Bruce Barbecue, and we're just like, yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was the most reluctant because I'm a vegetarian. So, um, oh yeah, no surprise. Um, but. <laughs> Um, on that note though, uh, I wanted to, uh, thank, uh, all the patrons that make this show possible. Um, and if you do like this show, you can go to iTunes, give us a review, uh, rate, review us. Uh, it always helps us out. And, uh, you can also use the Amazon affiliate link, amazon.com slash Janjack, get all your baby Yoda needs, uh, or any star Wars toys, Legos that you need before the, the, uh, you know, Christmas season ends. Um, or into the new year. I don't, it doesn't make any difference, but it does help out all of the podcasters. You can, you can become a Patreon, uh, Patreon, uh, by going a patron, by going to Patreon. I don't know. It's confusing. It always gets me, patron. But, uh, a patron at Patreon. There you go. Dot com yeah. slash J and Jack. Um, and we have a few, uh, patrons that make this show possible. Uh, always like to thank them. Uh, and I, I like to come up with different titles for them. 
so hopefully they they do oh you know what i i forgot uh speaking of our patrons um we did have an email and i did not want to ignore the email um so let me let me bring that up uh i'll plug the email which is the force is well done at gmail.com we uh, actually had one of the patrons write in uh drake the death Detho Mirian uh, wrote in uh, with an email that says, Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. Hello, really enjoying catching up on the Mandalorian content the past few days. But a few weeks ago, someone on the podcast said that their favorite Mandalorian was Boba Fett. What? He is not and never was Mandalorian. Neither was Jango Fett. But alas, people persist to call him one. I won't argue that Mando is not a Mandalorian from birth, but he was at least taken in and raised as one after his parents died. Django and Boba just wear their gear and also bounty hunt. I just ask to please stop calling Boba Fett and Django Fett Mandalorian when they aren't. Matt, just keep being one in a million. Regards, Drake the Dathomirian. So, um, yeah, Drake... Oh, I was just was going to say, Drake, thanks for complimenting me and putting somebody else down that was on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Nick? Well, I was going to say, like, Matt and I actually discussed this very briefly after we got the email, and neither one of us could recall either of us ever saying that Boba Fett was our favorite Mandalorian. I, I uh, think, I think he, he may have messaged me and said that it was Jay. Ah, uh, so, so okay. Oh well, well that, but, but it that makes sense. sense. I mean, Jay's not credible, so it, it makes no <laughs> sense. He's more of a Ghostbuster. Yeah, he's a Ghostbuster guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, I mean, he is at Luke Vank. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, thanks, thanks, Drake, for clear, clearing that up. Though you're right, um, Django Fett being being of Mandalor. I, I assume that he was Mandalorian at one point, and and then just went rogue. You know, well, what I mean. mean was it in, it's in episode two where um, uh, Mace Windu says maybe he just wore Mandalorian armor? That's right. So, so like, you know, there's never been a con- confirmation that he actually is a Mandalorian. And and I don't know enough of, of the backstory of, of Django to to even lay lay any credit. It's it's it. The Mandalorians, I mean, a lot of their storylines do appear in the Clone Wars, um, although Jango Fett is not amongst any of that. Um, that uh, and, and we do get a lot more Mandalorian also in Rebels, which which is nice, which those Mandalorians take off their helmets. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, this, this helmet thing, I still feel like Mando's in a cult. Like he belongs to a certain clan that is, that is very strict in their, their religious... Kind of yeah. that's what I've said too. You know, I yeah. think he's, I mean, he's, he's not in Death Watch, but he's in that same thing. It's like they're more pure to the this is the way, you know, kind of code. Because, uh, uh, yeah, like I, that's the only thing that's really irked me of the Mandalorian fan base is that you've seen, I've seen a lot of Facebook posts where people are saying, you know, Mandalorians can't take off their helmets ever. And I'm like, whoa, that's not really confirmed. You know, like, stop spreading what you think. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I, I likened, I, I think, on the show to to you know Christianity and the fact that you have Catholics that believe one thing and Lutherans came along and said no, we don't believe that, and then you know you have all of all of these other you know to the point where now you have you know Mormons that are just like they have a whole other you know 
uh, belief. And not, not putting down any religions or anything. I'm just saying that they all have different kind of belief systems, uh, but they all claim to be Christian, which, you know, and we can all kind of get behind the, the idea that the Mandalorians have this one, you know, claim of, of a birthright or, you know, this, this uh, armor that they wear. But uh, I, I think they all have kind of different belief systems within that their clans because that's kind of what they they subscribe to a clan culture yeah and that that makes perfect sense because we have that kind of diversity in in a single religion just on earth but they're spanning across galaxies of course they're going to have a couple variants between you know what the definition of a mandalorian is between each other so i think that they've given themselves enough flexibility to just kind of go with whatever tells a compelling story in this case, the, you know, not taking off your helmet is interesting and intriguing. So I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I was going to, cl- I was about to close out the show when I remembered Drake's email <laughs> Drake, and anybody that needs to email and please, please do so at uh, the force is well done all spelled out uh, at gmail.com. Uh, I was about to thank those, those patrons that make this show possible specifically grand Moff tack um <laughs> eckhart richter roger roger <gasps> oh emperor ed mando maggie because i can't come up with more m's um jj joanne and r2 drake 2 I, I hope i hope you appreciate that so thanks for doing what you do thanks for making this show one in a million uh and uh we'll we'll be back later this week episode or chapter seven comes out Wednesday uh, before uh, the, the rise of Skywalker. This is a big week for star Wars fans. At some point we'll get a review of rise of Skywalker in there. I know I'm seeing it Friday, Nick what's Thursday. Your Thursday. Okay. We'll try to see what we can do uh, as far as getting uh, a quick review out there. Even if um, I don't know when Chris is going to see it, but uh, we'll, we'll at least talk about it at some point. So um, but um, thanks again, Jacob. And absolutely great show, guys. One in a quadrillion. I have spoken. Oh, good. This is the way. <laughs>